There's a risk if you if you decide to become an entrepreneur, and there and there's risk at a corporate job too. You know that's not safe. Podcast junkies, we're back with episode 123. I'm Harry Duran. I'm the host of Podcast Junkies. If you're new to this episode, if you're new to this show, and, and you just stumbled upon this audio through some magical happenstance. This is the show where I have conversations with amazing podcasters. And that's all, just podcasters. Occasionally, uh, someone related to the podcasting space who technically doesn't have a show, but that those are, are few and far in between for the most part. Given its name, Podcast Junkies, I am a podcast junkie. More than likely, you are as well, which is why you are listening Thank you for your uh, your visit, and if you're a regular member, then welcome back. Love to have you guys. Love to see the feedback on social media. Love the emails. Love the likes. Love the retweets. Love the uh, the 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 hearts or whatever it is <laughs> these crazy kids are doing to show their social media uh, support. So this week we have a conversation with Jeanette and Alex Ruiz of Planted in Miami. This was another conversation from PodFest, so more on them in a second. Last week, I spoke to Chris Curran of Podcast Engineering School. What an interesting mix of left and right brain conversation. We talked about how he was creating a program for engineering specifically targeted at people who want to help podcasters, which is obviously a fantastic thing. And the other thing was that he is really into meditation, and we touched on that as well, which is a favorite topic of mine, as you all know, based on the conversations I've had with um, with people on that topic. Um, what comes to mind is the conversation with Morgan Dix as well. That was a really good conversation. This episode is brought to you by Shore. Head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash Shore to see the current setup I'm using. I'm really grateful to them for the support they provide to the show. Uh, I've had great conversations with some of the folks on the team, and I think they're really doing some interesting things. They're a pioneer in the space. Uh, they've got a rich history, and I listened to episode 121, where I had a, uh, a brief excerpt from one of the product folks at Shore, and uh, we had a really interesting conversation. You can check that out as well. So thanks to them, and thanks to Podbean as well. Podbean is a podcasting hosting service tailored specifically at uh, folks looking to get into podcasting, whether you're doing it from a personal perspective or if, actually if you're an, a company as well, they have great enterprises, enterprise plans as well. So if you're listening to this and you're working at a corporation and you need someone to help get your podcast off the ground and don't know where to place your files, then head on over to podbean.com slash podcast junkies to get that set up. So my conversation with Jeanette and Alex was so much fun. Uh, I think it's part of that Latino energy. We joke a lot, we laugh a lot, and I really get to understand what it was that uh, drove them and motivated them to not only become vegan, but to start this podcast about um, creating a, a conversation in a location, Miami, where that topic wasn't something that was normally discussed. And so... We get to hear how it is for them to work together as a husband and wife team and um, what their day-to-day -day life looks like. And I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. 
Stay tuned to the end for our world-famous retention hashtag. It's a uh, hashtag we use in social media to see who's been listening to the end, but you only hear it at the end of the episode. So no more blabbing. Let's get into the meat of the conversation, or should I say the fruit or veggies? Where did you get, where did you guys get uh, or learn the, the technicalities of how to podcast? We, uh, well, I'm a huge fan of Pat Flynn. Okay. And also John Lee Dumas. So he has this, I don't know if he still has it, but he probably does. He has this like PDF on how to start a podcast, like mm-hmm. 10 steps on how to start, start a podcast. And also um, a blogger that we follow, Starstruck Blog, she, Mary Catherine Starr, she also did kind of like a similar thing when she started her podcast. So from that, it gave us the framework and then a bunch of F-bombs were dropped <laughs> in the process. <laughs> And we just figured out as we went, you know, I mean, you know how Google is amazing, you yeah. know, like you can just Google how, how to, to make a bump. Yeah, no, not <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could, you could Google that. Um, but you know, anything you need, cause we use, um, uh, Adobe Ad- audition, Adobe audition okay. and Premier. Prem- and well, premiere is more for the videos, but yeah. yeah, we use Adobe audition and, and we kind of just, every time we hit a roadblock, we would just Google something and eventually we just figured out how to do it. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of things that you can do in audition that we have no idea uh, <laughs> of how to use it, but we figured it off enough, figured it out enough that we, you know, we got a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, Google is your friend, but Google is also could be your worst nightmare. Like they always tell you, like if you have something wrong, like an ailment, like the last thing you want to do is Google it because it'll just. Oh, I never do that. <laughs> no, I never do that on WebMD. Forget it. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you can go from having, you know, like the common cold to the swine flu in like two steps. <laughs> what about when you're like researching to buy something? You get the worst review yeah. and the best review. It's like, what? <laughs> what do I do? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's a double-edged sword. There's a good site called consumersearch.com. Have you ever seen that? It, com- it, it compiles uh, the ratings reviews sites. And so it'll say um, uh, it, whatever is like Amazon reviews and, and whatever site like reviews other, other, other stuff, it, it reads through them and it compiles like the best of the best. So it's actually you get a, a real genuine recommendation because it's looking at, uh, you know, experts in this field have recommended this and it, and it creates like the top three for you. So that's the first place I go to whenever I want to buy something, like especially like electronics or. Oh, yeah. Consumer reviews. Consumer nice. search. Consumer search. Consumer search. Consumer search. Consumer search. Kind of, yeah. Nice. And so um, were you listening to a lot of shows for ideas or, or how many iterations did you go through before you landed on Planted in Miami? Um, so one podcast that we were both listening to and was a big influence for us was the Rich Roll podcast. Um, he's a, uh, plant-based, um, ultra marathoner and his, his podcast is interview style as well. And we really liked his, his podcast. And, um, it was kind of the, like the building block, right. Of ours. Mm -hmm. We, we were like, you know, this is what we kind of want to do want to emulate this style. So that's kind of where it where it came from, and and he he has the he does an interview uh, he he does his interviews in person. He does them face to face as yeah. well, right? So um that that was kind of like oh well we can do that on a local level, you know what I mean? So um that yeah everything about like his podcast is is, is what influenced us, right? 
and we, we, we were listening to other podcasts at that time. I, I can't remember what. Um, and ironically, at least for me, I don't even listen to that many podcasts right no. now, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Well, that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. It's hard because, you know, we would both, when we had our full-time jobs, we would both um, be in the car a lot. So, of course, when you're in the car, that's all I listen to is podcasts. But yeah. now when you're not driving as much or whatever, like, it's hard to kind of fit it in. You know, like, sometimes I put one on if I'm washing dishes or something like that. But, yeah, I'm like, it's so ironic. Like, we listen to hours, like... <laughs> Over and over too, again too many to, make times. Sure, <laughs> to make sure there's no mistakes. I highly recommend but, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no UPS trucks. The beauty of it, though, is that you can, you know, once you realize that there's a mistake, you can edit it and upload it. And yeah. if you catch it fast enough, like nobody will know, you yeah. know? Yeah. But you have to catch it fast enough. <laughs> so the other question regarding uh, format and structure is the decision you've made to do it as a couple. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty unique. I, I would think. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's any podcast that we've run across that there's this dynamic with a husband and wife. And not that I know. Not that I know. There may be. Um, it's funny because it was his idea to start the podcast. For me, I was like, "Why do we, nobody's gonna want to listen to us?" You know, like who? You know. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, "No, I think this will be really fun and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "All and, right." Well, at that time, it seemed like a big undertaking as well. It's like you know, we had we, we knew nothing about podcasts and we just listened to them. Mm. Um, but we thought it would be a great idea to we we so planted in Miami. What we wanted to do was help. We wanted to form a community of like minded individuals. And before the podcast, we didn't know anyone who was plant-based or vegan. We we're kind of just alone here in Miami. Um, and when we had, uh, you know, converted to this lifestyle, we we you know we had kind of grown and and we we left a lot of our past behind, and that included friends and and and, and stuff like that. Um, so there, you know, we had this need and. Before the podcast, we um, there is this group, a running group called No Meat Athlete, and uh, Matt Frazier, he has this blog mm -hmm. um, and podcast, and at the time, he was reaching out to all of his listeners, and he said, hey, I, I want to do a running group uh, nationally, internationally, if you're interested, you know, raise your hand, so so we did, so we we lead the No Meat, uh, no Meat Athlete Miami branch, and it was from there that we started to meet these people who are vegan, who are vegetarian, who are veg curious, what have you. And we started to see all <laughs> is that, these. Is that a thing? Yeah, it is. Veg curious. curious. It yeah. is a thing. <laughs> we started to see all these individuals um, who we had never met before. And, you know, there were activists and there were, um, you know, business owners and athletes. And we're like, wow, like we didn't know these people lived here and were doing these such amazing things. So that's kind of how the idea was birthed. You know? the, thing, the thing about Miami, it's changing a lot. And um, what you find in other cities that are more established, that are older, are you know more um, local involvement. There's more people who have small businesses that thrive. There's people who look for, for small businesses. And there's, there's more of a community, if you will, right? So here in Miami, that since we're still such a new city and, and, and it's a transient city, that that culture hasn't really developed but it's but it has but it now it's changing a lot you know so back um back then you know we would go to portland and austin and we'd see all these amazing cities in their communities and we're like man we really wish we had that in miami so you know just like everything they always tell you if there's if something doesn't exist you need to create it right because that means that you're the one that's 
to bring this change. So that's why we came back and we actually went to Portland and we came back and we're like, okay, we're going to start the No Meat Athlete Miami Running Group. So we started that. And now there's like close to 400 members on Facebook. And we get together, try, try to do it every month. And we go for a run and then we go to eat breakfast at a plant-based restaurant. And from there, like he said, we met all of these incredible people who are doing things to push the city forward, doing things to build community, doing things to change Miami's reputation internationally. Um, so we're like, you, we have to start a podcast. You know, we have to show people, you know, what's going on in Miami. And it's just, it's incredible. Like the, the growth that we've seen in the past, like four years. Yeah. I think a lot of people think of Miami as um, a lot of glitz and glamour, Bad South boys. Beach. Bad boy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's true. And and it's and it's it's, it's definitely changing. Yeah. yeah, just this past weekend we went to this event called Miami Flea, and um, it was an outdoor event with vendors, and it was kind of it's kind of like a, a thrift store, but yet there's also people who make things. There was live music, um, fantastic food. There was like arts and crafts for kids. I mean, you would have never found that in Miami like ten years ago, you know, because people just wouldn't support that type of thing, or they wouldn't think there would be an audience for that type of event, and it was packed. So it's just it's great to see things like that and, and to see that people are investing in the communities um, that they're doing business. in. you know, it's like it's it's more um, geared now towards supporting smaller businesses rather than these like huge companies that come in and really don't do anything for the city. And going back to your question about, you know, me and her being hosts, uh, dual hosts. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of fun, um, especially when we record our intros and outros. Um, but what I find challenging is when we're when we're uh, interviewing the guests, it's hard to strike a balance of, you know, not stepping on her toes and her not stepping on mine as far as I don't care about stepping on his. <laughs> <laughs> She's always stepping on my toes. But yeah, you know, it's like you don't want to it's it's a fine balance. But the fact that we've been married for so long, I think we you know, we know each other. And I know when to just step back and let it let it roll, you know, and sometimes maybe I don't ask that many questions. She's doing the, the you know, and you don't you just that's how it is. She's she's got the flow going or whatever. And just let her do it. Um, and sometimes it's a better balance. But it's a little tricky because, you know, you're both trying to share the mic and, and be involved in the conversation, you know. Is this the first venture you've had where you've partnered up together? Yeah. 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 It's amazing we're still, we're still together. <laughs> <We've> been, <laughs> it's going to be, what, 16 years? <laughs> I need a screenshot of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Alex is choking me right now. <laughs> it's a love choke. It's a love, it's a love choke. <laughs> That's your second show. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, we've been together 16 years and it definitely has taught us how to better communicate. I tell you that much um, because we do have we're forced into it. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting to create together uh, because we're individually. I think we're, we're both creative, but um, we challenge ourselves and it's it's definitely helped us like grow together and also like uh, independently. And, and we definitely have we both each have our strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. You know, so um, it's kind of like a match made in heaven. Oh. <laughs> oh. What's what prompted the move to plant based? Ooh, that's a good uh, question. Um, so <clears throat> I had a lot of health issues all my life, like ever since I was a little kid, and um, throat's feeling a little dry. There. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, where's, Need a my, refill? where's my water? Um, so, um, I, let me see, long story short, whatever. So I started having stomach issues and I went to the doctor and they were like, oh, you have IBS and acid reflux. 
take these pills, call it a day. This is my early 30s, okay? I couldn't sleep without having three pillows behind my head at night because it would like the food would just come up on me. Um, and not to get too gross, but I would just get sick all the time. And um, <clears throat> my cousin, she invited me to this detox training with this crazy guy who like, you know, did a, a orange fast with, a, you know, <laughs> had like this enlightenment on top of a mountain. You're like that kind of guy, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to go this shit. Like, really? Like what? But I said, I'm going to be open minded. I'm going to try it out. Whatever. I, what could what you know, what's my alternative? Well, I take these pills at that point. I think she was willing to try anything. I was. Yeah, I was willing to try anything. <laughs> so I went and his big thing is like to do a raw food cleanse when something is wrong with you. So nothing but raw fruits and vegetables. Take a couple of these herbs, whatever, um, and see what happens. So I did it and I did it for a month and a half and I never felt better in my life. It was incredible. Like all of the issues with my stomach went away. Um, I had suffered from acne for many years. My skin cleared up. Like I was sleeping better. And it was funny because not only did I go through a physical detox, but I also went through emotional detox. And I, w- I would have like these feelings of paranoia. And like a lot of it, a lot of that stuff like came out during this detox. So after that was done, I was like, you know what? At the time I was vegetarian before all this happened, I was vegetarian, but I mean, I was still eating eggs and, and dairy and stuff. So after the cleanse, I'm like, I'm just going to go completely vegan and see if I can continue feeling this way. Obviously, I'm not going to eat raw for the rest of my life because I just couldn't, you know, um, me personally. Um, but then I, I went vegan. And at the time, you know, Alex, he was still eating meat. I would still cook him meat, you know, because I'm like, I'm not going to force anything on him. This is my personal choice. Um, and then little by little, he... He went to, <laughs> he had a transformation. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was more just uh, selfish reasons. She had, she was reading this book called Eat and Run by Scott Jurek, who's, again, an ultra marathoner. <clears throat> I'm a runner. And um, she told, she had finished the book. I think we're on, we're on a flight somewhere and she had just finished and she, she showed me the book and she's like, I'm warning you, if you read this book, you're probably going to become vegan or, or plant-based. And I was like, whatever, <laughs> I'll read it. <laughs> You know, so um, I read the book and it really spoke to me because this guy was running these 100 mile races, 100 plus mile races, all on a plant based diet. And at that time, you know, I'm, I'm Cuban American, uh, like most of America, most of the world, you know, eating meat. <clears throat> and um, this was the first time I had ever come across something, that kind of information. And it just blew my mind, you know, like, wait a second, you can perform at this level and run that kind of mileage all eating plants like are you kidding me and another thing that spoke to me was um he would have a very quick recovery time and he wouldn't be uh, very sore after these long races so you know and obviously as as any kind of athlete you're always looking for that edge so that's why i that was my introduction. That's why I wanted to discover more of this lifestyle. And, um, you know, sure enough, everything that he spoke about in the book was absolutely true. You know, uh, I tested it out myself, you know, eating that way, running, and all those things were absolutely um, on, on the nose, you know, what he said. And it was never about, it was never about the ethics, you know, um, it wasn't, I wasn't a vegan, I was just eating plant-based and as as we both went along this journey and started reading more about it, um, getting more heavy into it, um, watching documentaries, then we were introduced to the ethical side of it um, and about the, the atrocities and the exploitation of animals, the effect on the environment, on the planet. Um, and that's when, you know, we we became 
vegan. And it was for a while we were still hanging on to um we're still hanging on to dairy. It was the toughest thing to let go. We were still eating cheese or eating pizzas every now and then. The milk we got rid of, that was that was pretty easy, but it was the cheese and the eggs that was the hardest thing to let go. Um, so we weren't even really plant-based yet. You know, we were still this didn't happen overnight, yeah. you know. It was a process and we eventually got rid of the eggs and I'm telling you the, the cheese was the very, very <laughs> last thing. And that's it's probably so a very common yeah. theme for everybody who, who transitions. Um, and we remember like the last time we had cheese, I can tell you, I can tell you the day it was my niece's birthday <laughs> and they ordered Domino's pizza. And uh, we were like, had we known, had we known that was the last <laughs> crappy piece of cheese that we would, <laughs> we would have made it like a good, like, you know, a, a decent cheese, you know, <laughs> but that was the last time. Cause we had said before that that was it. Like yeah. we were cutting out cheese and we just couldn't. You know, because like we said, after watching like the documentaries and stuff, we couldn't ethically continue to eat that way. Like now it was it was way beyond our diet, you know? Right. And so. it's been like four years now. I can't we can't really pinpoint when the full transition happened, you know, but it's around it's four, like four years, years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going through a similar journey. I, I recently became a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I, I mean, I I'd probably say 90, 95 percent. But then there's if there's like situations where. I would literally go have to go out of my way or, or make someone uh, completely change like any plans that they had. Then I'm just like, okay, then I'll have a, a piece of chicken or something like that. So, but I'm just in that process of making the transition. And we recently went to a wedding in Mexico and I was like, oh, you know, I haven't been to Mexico and I haven't tried Mexican cuisine. So I started eating like chicken tacos and then mm-hmm. that, that turned into like steak tacos. <laughs> and then, yeah. At the end of like three or four days, it's like a slippery slope. And I came yeah. back and I felt like crap, you know? And so yeah. I, I think, uh, so you're, I mean, so you're doing it for like health reasons. Uh, I'm doing it actually for spiritual reasons. I, 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 I do a lot of, I do plant-based medicine, <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not, plant, I mean, not plant-based food, but plant-based <laughs> medicine. So uh-huh. I've, I, I've had a couple of, uh, several like, um, ayahuasca trips and, and they've been like completely like opening in a way that where I've realized this idea of raising like your own frequency and ra- raising the vibration of your yep. of yourself as a as a as a person, and so the the message came through is like, well, if you want to raise the frequency and you got to raise the vibration, you got to eat high frequency foods, right. and you know that stuff is not high frequency, and this stuff, the vibration on the plants and all that stuff is. So you know you're gonna you know depending how serious you are about wanting to get there, you know that's that's what you got to do. And so right. it was a quick switch because it's like, okay, I'm vegetarian now, and and then mm. you know for, there's been lapses, but I think understanding how I feel during that lapse just kind of reminds me that I got to continue on that path. And we still, I mean, we still eat eggs every day. So I, I can relate to how hard the eggs would be. I'm not a yeah. big cheese fan and I don't drink milk. Um, so I think those, are, those will be the last pieces for me to move in, into vegan. But I think it's, it's definitely something I'd be um, aspiring to. Nice. Yeah. I, I think once you like, we could recommend a whole bunch of documentaries for you that you would just be like, okay, yeah, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Because like I said, it just becomes bigger than you, yeah. you know, and, and your, and your contribution to the world. So, yeah. <laughs> slightly, as she slightly, lightly steps off the soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let me, let me step down. <laughs> tip, tip toes down off the soapbox. <laughs> 
so so let's dig into uh, the music aspect because you're i get the sense that you're both um aficionados uh you mentioned in i think it was the intro alex that you play the saxophone yeah and yeah. uh Jeanette's a, a vinyl junkie um yes. so i grew up djing so i grew up I literally like vinyl i i think you can see oh let's see on the Oh, oh wow. nice! So that's, a collection. that's yeah. the vinyl collection and the Techniques 1200. So yeah, I grew up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I grew up that's DJing, right. and I'm Latino, so like we would go to the parties and you'd see like the DJ playing, and like that's the person that was controlling the party, and I'm like, oh, I want to do what that person that's, does. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Her dad was a DJ forever. Yeah, yeah my dad. I grew uh, up. My, I'm I'm Puerto Rican, yeah, so there was always yeah. a party every other weekend in my house. Um, and he was the DJ, and they, everybody came over because he had all the music, you know. Um, so. I was just, we were just saying the other day, that was just saying the other day, how on Saturday mornings, like, that's how I would wake up, like him wow. blasting his music. That was my alarm <laughs> clock, you know, <laughs> and mixing songs and stuff. And no, I love music. I mean, I, I, I sing, um, little known fact. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's, now it's a little more widely known. She, uh, she auditioned for season two of American Idol. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's always like a trivia fact about me, if you and, really know me. And she sang this of all the songs that, that you could possibly pick and that she knows because she know, she's always like, God, can you believe I know that song? I like know all the lyrics. <laughs> and she sings, she sings the most obscure, or maybe not obscure, but she sings a show tune. I'm like, that's not even your wheelhouse. What, why are you singing a show tune? I don't know. And it was funny because so I sang it, and then like they line you up. It's nothing like the, how the show actually is. Do you, you want to give them a little taste of that? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to perform it. <laughs> they like they line you up like cattle, you know, and then you just sing. It's like rapid fire, and you're not singing for uh, who, well, whoever the Simon judge was. Simon Cowell. Cowell. You're singing for the executive producers and you go through like three rounds until you get to the judges, you know? So like I go up there and I sing my thing or whatever. And then like everybody behind me. So you like, you go to the back of the line and everybody sings and stuff. So this one girl came up to me. She's like, wow, you sing really good. <laughs> and I was like, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I'm How good. I can go home. Get... I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> How many times did you get to sing? Just one time. Oh, just once? That was it. Yeah. They were like, no, nah, next. <laughs> Thank you for Her dreams are shattered. <laughs> Well, you actually have to be really, really, really good or really, really bad in order to really, be really Right, exactly. So I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I don't think you ever want to be the ones that they, they, I feel like, we used to watch it super, super early on. I can't even imagine sitting through that now, but uh, I just felt bad that they were just. They baited you. They, well, those people, they give them this, this false sense of like that they have talent and then they, right. they, it's almost like they want to public humiliate them on TV, which is pretty sad. Well, and then after, after they started I, to get away from that, yeah, but, I, but I even start, I lost respect because after our audition and I knew what the process was like, these people went through three different, either they went through three different executive producers or they just saw them like, okay, this guy is a hot mess and I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to make sure that he goes in front of the judges. Like that's terrible. So yeah, yeah. you're right. So of course these people are going to go up there with confidence because somebody told them, um, yeah, you go on to the next level, you right. know, or the next round. But Alex, <laughs> Alex plays saxophone. He does. Yeah, I, I played the saxophone since the fourth grade, and I went to Berkeley College of Music <clears throat> in uh, in Boston, and that's that was like what I did. You know, I was a performer, um, I was a private teacher, I played in bands, and um, and it's funny because right when when right when I met Jeanette, I was leaving that life. 
you know, so she never really got to hear me play or or knew that side of me because I was just I was just leaving that behind because I had gotten to a point in my life where I was like, you know, I, I reached I, I reached that crossroad where I had to make a choice like, all right, you continue down this path of doing the music and it's going to be hard as fuck, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you love it and this is what you've been doing or you go down this other path, which was, you know, get a you know, responsible nine to five job. You can still t- do the private lessons and, and, and gig at night, you know, and that's what I did. And little by little, you know, life and that job consumed me more and more. And I did the playing and the gigging and the teaching less and less until finally it kind of just disappeared from my life. You know, so it's 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 unfortunate. So I've never heard him play. No, really? she's heard me like blast a few notes yeah, every he, now and then. Yeah, but it wasn't like yeah, like I've heard him on a CD or like his mother has like a cassette <laughs> or whatever. But a like VHS, yeah, VHS. You know, like mira <laughs> look at when you used to play. That's like the extent of you know his career. That's what I know of his career. But um, I actually met him at a poetry club. Oh my! So he went from music to spoken word word poetry, and I went to uh, this club one night and he was there and he was the featured poet and he's like on stage and he's like you know so animated and he's like he's angry the the (laughs) the name of the poem was south beach barbie and he was talking about all these you know (laughs) south beach girls that are all fake and i'm like oh this guy's deep you know (laughs) (laughs) so he had moved from music into i mean he was still using you know like his creativity but um yeah yeah Yeah, it's always been about performance and creativity you know for me and um I think, you know, having having that kind of job. So I, I used I was a I was in the human resources field for for a long time until this past December, and that's so opposite, you know, of of being a musician, you know, being in front of, in front of people on a stage and being creative. Um, it's so stifling, you know, and had done it for so long, and um, you know, yeah, this past December, I finally I finally took the plunge. You know, I said. Um, life is too short to be unhappy, to be doing something that you don't love. And there's risk. There's risk if you if you decide to become an entrepreneur. And, there, and there's risk at a corporate job, too. You know, that's not safe. Um, and I just, yeah, Jeanette was very um, supportive. And she's like, look, you know, do it. She was telling me to do it for a while. And I was the one with the I was cold like, I feet. can't take it anymore. Yeah. Just quit already. Yeah, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> You know, so December, it was December 8th. It was the day before my birthday. It was my, my last day at that job for 17 and a half years. You know, and it was, it's been the best decision. One of the best decisions <laughs> I've made. It is the best what? decision. In the podcast. Nice. Yeah. And then that. And then our dog, Abby. <laughs> okay, this is the last chance. You want to reorder those or are you good with that? Maybe. I should. <laughs> What's so? What's the the business? That, are you guys doing the business together, or are you guys uh, doing still doing your own thing? Now, so yeah, we both like kind of went through our transformation last year, where we were like, we're because I was doing marketing for a financial planning firm for twelve years, and I had that epiphany too. It was like, I can't. We love podcasting so much, and we met so many people who were doing their own thing, who were entrepreneurs, and we were like, shit, we're smart. You know what I mean? It's like, why can't we do the same thing? Why can't we just use our skills and create a business like? what everybody else is doing. Um, not saying that, you know, entrepreneurial life is all glamorous. Like we knew there was going to be a lot of hard work involved, but if you're busting your ass, you might as well do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like not create a life for somebody else 
And then you're just kind of like on the sidelines. Um, so I had already left my job and I, um, like I was moonlighting and doing like, you know, I had clients and stuff on the side. And then when he quit his job, it's interesting because it's almost like the universe kind of has your back. Um, and I know that sounds corny, but it, it actually happened, you know, like, like people started coming up to us and, or approaching us and calling us and they were like, Hey, what, you know, would you do a podcast for us? And we're like, Oh yeah, we, we know how to podcast. <laughs> so we can create a podcast for you. And then we also, we got a YouTube channel now. Um, and we did some, we did a video series in January called 31 days, 31 reasons why we went vegan. And we interviewed 31 different people telling their story as to why they went vegan. And the reason why we did it is to show diversity, to show that, you know, vegans aren't just these tree huggers that, you know, eat leaves all day, you know, like they're all different walks of life from all different cultures, all different reasons. Um, and from that video series, people have contacted us and saying, hey, can, can you do videos for us? So we're kind of like morphing into this digital media company. Nice. Um, yeah. Who knew? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, we're not raking in the millions, you know, but at the same time, we're doing things that we're passionate about and we're working with people who are in alignment with our values, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's the greatest gift that we could ask for, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're still fresh and new with it, but we're, we're moving along. And we're that, happy. Is that plant-based digital marketing? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good <Yeah>. name. <laughs> so what, what's what's the name of that company? Because I, I mean, I always typically wait to like for folks to give the contact information at the end, and and you know that's probably the worst time. I've heard Michael O'Neill shout out to Michael O'Neill yeah. say that like that you, you you know you, that's when people are like winding down the interview. Yeah. So, but so now that we're deep in the heart of this, like what? So t talk a little bit about that business. So what well, it's it's we're calling it PIM Media. Uh, P yeah, did I say that right? Yep. PIM media. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously planted in Miami, uh, inspired by planted in Miami. And, um, what's interesting about it is that it's, it's kind of telling, it's kind of telling its story to us as the days go by. It's revealing itself. Yeah. It's, re mm -hmm. it's like, it's revealing itself. And it's just so, and like today we had, you know, a six hour session with somebody who she's doing a six part series, um, podcast to accompany her book release. Um, and it's, you know, it's just because we've been in contact with these people. They've worked with us before on, on like podcasting or events or whatever. They know what we're about and we, they know like the, the effort and quality that we put into the things that we do and they're impressed by that. So they, they want to work with us. So, yeah. And I, I think none of these things or a lot of these things wouldn't have been possible if we were still working our nine to five, like that, that series we did in January. I remember we told someone what we we're doing and like, dude, that's, that's crazy. Like yeah. you're not going to be able to do that. That's a right. lot. You know, it wouldn't have been possible had we, you know, both of us working or her just working, what have you. Um, and now we freed up that time, you know, to allow these things to kind of present themselves to us. And I think if people are thinking about doing this, you know, I think you have to be ready to go all in and to sacrifice everything and and you know we've told people like there's no there's no plan b yeah. and you know if we have to sell the house you know we sell the house you know it, you you curb your spending yeah. you know i i jokingly tell Jeanette, it's like this is the two things we spend money on are these things uh anything that's going to sustain us you know keep us alive and two anything that's going to make us money right you know so that's you know equipment 
you know, what have you, a, a workshop, you know, that's where we spend our money. So I like how there's gray area when there's things he wants to buy, right? <laughs> it's like he wants to buy the dog a seatbelt, right? So safety like- <laughs> first, people. Safety first. I didn't realize so, they made dog seatbelts. They do. He was like online researching yesterday. <laughs> do you want a 70-pound dog being a projectile when he's slamming on the brakes? No, I don't do think so, buddy. <laughs> So, yeah, and it's funny because we were actually – do you know who Gary Vee is? Uh, who doesn't? Well, I mean, yeah, sorry. Exactly. Who, who in digital marketing doesn't? I know. Exactly. <laughs> well, he did we – were, we were on his Instagram account, and he was – this girl asked him, you know, do you think that you need to quit your job in order for you to, you know, be successful in whatever business you want to run or whatever? So he was like, no, but I do think that you have to invest as much time as you possibly can and money into your business. So she's like, yeah, well, I was doing my jewelry business, but then, you know, I'm, I'm a practicing attorney, so I went back to that because I wasn't making enough money. So he says to her, well, how much are your shoes? And he goes, did you spend a lot on those? And she was like, yeah. And he goes, exactly. So he like, he like read her the riot act because he's like, you know, you got to get your priorities straight. He's like, do you want your business or do you want expensive shoes? Because you can't have both. So me and Alex looked at each other and we're like, yeah, it's so true. Like we're, yeah. we're sacrificing a lot, obviously, to like try to pursue this. Um, but at the same time, like this is something that we feel in our bones that we have to do. And if we fail, we fail. But at least we tried and we know that we put forth the effort and, and, and we tried it. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. And I think these are important conversations because I know there's folks listening that uh, are have their own podcast, thinking about starting a podcast, but they also have the entrepreneurial bug. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're, they are having success with it or they're thinking about it. But these are the types of conversations that need to be heard so that people understand there's no one size fits all. And, mm-hmm. the, and there's no one way to, to become an entrepreneur. I, I mean, I was in corporate America for 20 years, and I was just planting the seeds, planting the seeds. I started this podcast, and that led me to develop a, a podcast consultancy as well. And But even me uh, leaving, it had, to, it had to be my company laying me off. I knew it was coming. So it was literally like I was standing on the edge, and I was like, I can do it, I can do it. And they're just like, no, no, no. You're going yeah. to do it because we're going to force you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I had... And I had my clients lined up, you know, like I think I had three or four at the time. And I was like, okay, then, then I guess this is it. But I was, I was ready mentally. Um, but I think it's just laying the groundwork and realizing there's not going to be like an aha moment when like the sun is going to come shining through the window. And you're like, okay, this is my entrepreneurial day. And, you know, you start, you go out whistling the door. It's just going to be lots of up and downs, lots of yeah. staring at like uh, low to negative balances in your bank account and you're like okay when am i going to get when is the money going right. to come back in again and right. the, the the roller coaster ride is really crazy because there's some serious ups and there's some you know serious downs and hopefully the, the those peaks and valleys get lower and lower mm-hmm. or or hopefully the valleys do <laughs> and yeah. then the, the highs get higher right because you just try to surround yourself and i think Getting into a community, like you said, going to the conferences, being around people who have that fire, who you see it like manifested in their day to day or in their business, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that's where I want to be. You know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room because that means you're in the wrong room, right? Mm. You want to get beaten. And that's why, you know, you just go get training, uh, learn what it is you need to do to move you to move your business forward to that next step. That's like Katie, man, Chris Vistos, like when she gave her presentation and how she took her podcast and then she started doing retreats and virtual retreats. And I'm like, she just was like stacking on it. Yeah, I was so impressed by her, you know, because like she's so like her entrepreneurial and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Her her mindset or her. Uh, her, um, 
I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Just, anyway, just like she knows exactly what it is that she needs to do to take it to the next level, you know? And I mean, I'm sure she thought long and hard about it and I'm sure it didn't come to her that fast, but in her presentation, the way she was, she was able to build upon um, her podcast was just fascinating. Mm. And that like, yeah, like you said, it's, a, it's inspiring to be around people who think that way and who, who actually get it done, you know, cause it's one thing to like talk about it and then to actually like do it because she did everything so fast. Yeah. What happens is when you're in this circle, you realize the importance that we need to place on our own intellectual property. And the yes. fact that there's, there's nothing wrong with asking people to pay you for what it is you've learned or you know or the uh, the knowledge you've acquired if you feel that by virtue of you sharing it with them you're going to move them to like the next level or let them grow their business or let them you know do what th it is they need to do because if you can get them there faster than they would have gotten there on their own then there's some you know there's value for that and we should all feel like we're part of this uh this economy where we have an abundance mindset and there's plenty for everyone and there's right. no reason we, why we should be like uh, selling ourselves short or selling our services short if we feel like we can genuinely and sincerely from our heart like provide value to people and help them. Yeah. We, I struggle with that the most. Alex is definitely always telling me that I don't know mm. my worth um, because since I have so many, I have like 15 years of experience in marketing and I've always worked for smaller companies where I wore many hats. So not only did I do marketing, but then I also did graphic design. I also did web design. And, and I always think, well, since I'm not quote unquote trained that um, I can't be asking for the prices that these people are asking for, you know, like these other companies and stuff. So I can do something that people like just the other day, someone reached out to me and she was like, Hey, can you design um, her husband celebrating his 75th birthday? And she wanted me to do uh, like on the today show when they do the strawberry, what's the name of that Mr. brand? Smuckers. The Smuckers and they put the little face like you know they do the 100 years and the yeah. smuckers she wanted me to do the same thing put her husband's face there and put for the for his 75th birthday so it took me like an hour to do it i sent it to her she absolutely loved it and she was like i have to pay you have to pay i'm like oh no no i'm saying to myself don't worry about it, don't worry. and alex was like you don't understand she could have never done that if you you know if if you didn't do it for her, he's like, it doesn't matter how long it took you. It's the years that it took you to learn how to use a program, the software that you're using that you're paying for, you know, and it's like, and he's right. He's absolutely right. So that's something I struggle with all the time is like, I always feel like <clears throat> I, I feel bad charging people too much, even though I, there's other people that you'll go to and they probably charge that woman 200 bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, there's, it's an interesting phenomenon and it's something that, uh, entrepreneurs need and and if you don't have someone to coach you through this process you're going through this mindset on your own and you're trying to be like well i don't feel like it and then eventually like when you need to start to pay bills you're like well i'll charge you yeah, something yeah. like, like ten dollars or fifteen dollars and then you sort of like you eventually get to there but it'll take you longer but i think if you're around people who you see are commanding a premium for their services because they're confident in what they do and they're confident that they could get you there in an hour, whereas it would take you eight hours on your own, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, to Alex's point. So I think that that just stresses the importance of being in a room with other people. And it's something that I did. And I've talked about it on the show before where I, I hired a coach and it, it wasn't cheap at all, but I wanted to be surrounded by people who were smarter than me. I wanted to be around people who had six figure and seven figure businesses online. And I'm like, how do you do that? I didn't know that was possible. Like what like what books do you read? Like what do you what do you drink? Like what time do you wake up in the morning? Like who do you yeah. hang out with? What conferences do you go to? Like because <laughs> right. you don't learn that stuff in corporate America. Like it's it's right. almost like these two completely different universes and one doesn't know about the other, but when you when you step into like, you know, 
entrepreneurial Narnia. <laughs> You're just like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, what, yeah. what is going on here? Like, you right, made a right. million dollars last year, like online? Like, oh my God, like, it's crazy. It's true. No, you're absolutely right. It, it's kind of hard when you're when you're trying to just figure things out on your own, you know, and uh, and and know your worth. Yeah, and and when you come from that corporate background where you're getting that check every week, every two weeks, it's guaranteed, and then you transition into this entrepreneurial life uh, lifestyle, it's uh, you know, it's very, it's a, it's it's shocking. Yes, you know, like you said, you have those peaks and valleys, and that money's not coming like the way it used to. You know, and every day is a hustle. You know, we definitely don't work the traditional hours, you know, and, and even though when we're like not working, we're you know, working. air quotes, you're always working, you're always your working. Mind, your yeah. mind is working. Exactly. You're, yeah, you're yeah. thinking of something. Jeanette wakes up. She's like, I had an idea. <laughs> and then like an hour later, she's like, I didn't sleep last night. You know, it's like because you're working, you're thinking, yeah. you know, so like we're always on in some way, even though we may not realize it. Um, you know, and, and thinking and, and, um, coming up with ideas, that's, that's work too, you know, that I don't think people understand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think it, having that, um, support group, and I imagine there's probably a, a good collection of resources and groups in Miami. I think being around those people and, and having people you can commi commiserate with and connect with and, and people that lift you higher that can, you can have those conversations with because because to your point when you changed to to plant-based right to vegan and you said you mentioned something along the lines of like losing your friends and and it, and it happens when you move from like nine to five to entrepreneurial because you start, yeah. you can't have those discussions with the people that you were at the water cooler with they're just like they right. don't get it at all so you have to kind of you, and you have to talk about this stuff because if you have no one to talk to, it's just going to drive you crazy. And you're just wondering, like, is it? Am I the only person this is happening to? Yeah, right. you know, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm gonna. There's a, there's several groups that meet here, um, like creative groups, and there's also uh, like this action club that we interviewed this girl who um, she's she has all these different like not for profit organizations. And with this action club, the first thing that they have you do is to write down 150 life goals. Like that's your homework assignment. So next time you come, they meet every Monday. Next time you come, you got to have your 150 life goals. And I was like, yeah, damn, that's major, yeah. you know, but she says she did it. She did her 150 and, um, it's been like, I don't know, like maybe almost a year and she took, she's taken a hiatus from her job and she's scratched off a lot from the list in just like in less than a year. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, that's incredible. But it's because she shows up every single Monday, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and like, she's surrounded by these people who are also pursuing their goals and who are, you know, and then you're right. They feed off of each other. So because of you, I'm going to go to the next action club. <laughs> but what we do do is a do do, um, <laughs> do what we do do <laughs> uh, is every week we have an accountability call with her cousin. Yeah. Um, and you know, we just try and make that happen every week where we kind of just, you know, check in, report, see what's going on. What have you done since the last time? Give give each other like some some tasks and assignments and homework. And and that's kind of like the same thing I think that, that you're talking about. And it is good to to pair up with someone or find someone who's going through those same struggles. And I can't tell you how, <clears throat> how many ideas she's given us. Yeah. And I'm sure she, she would probably, you know, tell us the same thing. We're looking at each other's work. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're both helping each other. Uh, we're both helping each other out and trying to help each other succeed. And it's good to celebrate mm -hmm. the little successes oh, because yeah. we always just think that the success, you know, comes monetarily, but it actually, you know, 
a lot of it isn't in the beginning. You know, it's just like little, little steps that get you closer and closer to the goal um, that you have to like acknowledge. And I think those accountability calls really are helpful because she'll be like, yeah, but you guys did this and oh, this happened last week. And we're like, oh yeah, that's true. I mean, you get so hung up and just like going on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing that you don't celebrate. Like going to PodFest, like we were on a panel at PodFest and we were like, that's freaking cool. You know, it's like, that's like a big deal. We've had a podcast for two years and we're on this panel with like people who've had podcasts, you know, who are like super successful and they, they've been doing it for a lot longer than we have. And it was like something that we had to celebrate. So Mm -hmm. she kind of like had that moment with us and we're like, oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true because I have uh, I'm part of a mas- uh, uh, a business mastermind, and we get to- we get together every four months. And the- one of the first things we do in the the first day, the first morning, is what are your wins over the past you know three to four months? Oh, and nice. so we start write. I start writing it down, and I'm so in like in the day to day that uh, a lot of times I don't stop to smell the roses or celebrate the wins. And and then I started writing them down, and then I I mean I ended up with almost like. 10 to 12 like major things that happened in, in business that launched a video course uh, signed up uh, all sorts of like new types of clients but as i was writing them down i was like wow th- th- this this only happened in the past four months and and you don't realize it because we don't stop like you said and right. and if you don't do that you're just going to be working non-stop non-stop and and you can just burn out and you're not going to be like oh what am i doing this for like why, what's the purpose of this because i don't see any of the benefit and i think it's hard to measure they say it's hard to measure like success if you're just looking back over like yesterday or the past few days but if you look back over you know 6 months uh-huh. it's it's important to stop literally stop and and take a day where you're like okay let's let's have a reset for our business because you know it, it, they do it in the fitness world you know you can't continuously you need that recovery time and or and so i think maybe from an entrepreneurial perspective it's like almost you need that mental recovery where you're like okay you see where you're at you see that what you're doing makes sense and is working you tweak some stuff and then then you can move forward right yeah. you know it's been interesting too with us what we struggle with is the structure of our day right mm-hmm. so like oh, yeah. before yeah. we had to get up at a certain time we had to be at the house by a certain time you know we were up in the, uh, you know behind a desk for x amount of hours and then we came home so we knew okay this is the only <coughs> opportunity we would get to exercise this is the only opportunity we get to do our groceries you know so now when you have more flexibility things are kind of like more lax you know <laughs> <laughs> you're like walking around the house with your coffee and then you're sitting down and you know, so, um, we're trying to like still get into a groove with, with like trying to balance it all. And it, it's so ironic because not, you do have more free time, but you feel like you have less of it because if you're doing something that's not working toward, you know, making money, then you feel like you're, you're wasting time. You know what I mean? Like Gary's going to come knocking on yeah, the door. Like Gary's going to be like, what are you doing, you lazy bastards? <laughs> Why haven't you sold your shoes yet? Exactly. exactly. You're buying a dog seatbelt? Yeah. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah. I think it's really important uh, to put some structure around your calendar. It's, I had this problem for a while where I would see an empty spot. I use Google Calendar. So I, if I would see an empty sl- spot, I would slow down and be like, oh, I have a break there. And it's just, I don't have a break. I have like 10,000 things I need to get done for my business, <laughs> right. for the podcast, you know, for all this stuff that I'm working on. Um, so I just really now got into the habit. And again, this is something I just learned through my coach. I was, you know, you have to structure your days and, and calendar out your days. And and. You don't have to go to like the 90 day limit, but it's something like where every Friday you're calibrating and Friday you're saying, okay, I'm going to set aside half hour and I'm going to look at the next week and I'm, you're going to literally put in 
there's gonna it's gonna look like there's no empty time. Like I put in my meditation, I put in my breakfast, I put in I'm walking the dog, I put in I'm gonna take a nap. You know, I, I don't always take the nap, but I just <laughs> want it to be there, and I want my calendar to be just completely full, and I color code it and stuff like that. Are you oh. noticing the OCD tendencies here? Yeah, <laughs> just a smidge, just a smidge. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so the structure is like okay, I know I'm I'm almost training myself. It's like, okay, this is what you're going to do next. This is what you're going to do next. Like, this is where you're going to go. Because, like, the mind is, like, an idle mind is the devil's playground or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, so you don't want your mind to just be like, oh, I, I can I can float away and I can just think of something else. Like, you need to have that structure. Like you said, when we're in a nine-to-five job, we know what we need to do. We show up and we do it and and someone is telling us what to do. But here we have to be our own boss and we have to be like, okay, no. Um, the other thing is, you should feel like at the end of the day, like what's the one thing I did to move my business forward? Because there's also like filling it with, with busy work. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do some graphic design or I'm going to twiddle around on my on my website or I'm going to, you know, just play around with stuff. Learn. I'm going to watch this video on how to do editing or something. But there's not stuff that actually like help move you forward to put in dollars in your bank account. Like, right. so we should all have like entrepreneurs, like we need to make sure at least that one thing needs to get done that day. And then the rest we could do with like, like ancillary and supportive stuff. But if we're not as entrepreneurs, like looking at our calendar and be like, okay, this is something that's money generating. This is money generating. This is, you know, something that's going to grow the business and get us money. It's like, it can tend to get away with us. And we're like, oh, but I was working so hard for the past two right. weeks. And you're like, well, what'd <laughs> right. you get done? What what'd you get? Yeah. What'd you do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that, it's definitely been a struggle for us. And we, um, Maybe we should break out our Google Calendar. Yeah, the structure has been <laughs> been difficult, and 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 it's and it's a personality thing because everyone's built differently, and there's different people handle um, tasks differently. They tackle tasks differently. There's something we talked about at at, at the um, the session I moderated on productivity. They talked about this idea of Parkinson's principle, where time expands to fill um, a, a task. Uh, fill, the, the amount of time to complete a task fills given the amount of time it's allocated. So if right. I say, like, hey, you got two weeks to finish this, she's like, oh, cool, I got two weeks. And then it's like the day before and I'm like, and you and you only got two hours left. I'm like, it's oh, shit. And you're like, yeah. oh, shit. And you're like, yeah. you, you'd magically do it in two hours. <laughs> Amazingly, right? right. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> it is so true. So. I know it's so, it's so, uh, jumping back into the the podcast, one thing that I really liked was the original music. I'm assuming it's original music that you guys had at the at the end. Was that something that you made a conscious decision about? And is, and can you tell a little bit how you got that done? The no, the the music we have is not original. Oh, okay. Um, we I can't remember where yeah, we purchased it. From. I can't remember the website, but we we purchased it, and um, you know, it's a it's a whole it's a whole song. It's about I think it's like three or four minutes long. And we decided to use, you know, the beginning as the intro. And there's some, there's a piece of it as well that we use for the transitions going into Mm -hmm. the interview Mm -hmm. and then coming out of the interview as well. It's unfortunate. I I think um, one of John Lee Dumas or or something we had come across, yeah, recommended it. And it's a great site. We'll have to see if we can find that and and, uh, send it to you. I mean, you. I don't know how many iterations you went through, but it, it really we like, went through a lot. For that, we went through a lot. Yeah, yeah. It adds a lot of energy to the show. That's why it sort of stood out for me. Yeah. Oh, good. And yeah, it's, good. it's got like that, you know. It's we got thought it sounded Miami. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, like the acoustic bass and some congas maybe. Yeah, some congas in there. So. And you know, Alex is the music. It's funny because when we're editing, like he's the one who's able to hear these nuances. You know, like me, I'm like, ah, it's fine. He's like, no, 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 no. It has to be. You know, it has to come on the beat or it has to do this, it has to do that. So he's definitely like the uh, the ear of the show. That's, yeah, that's the musician in him. Yeah, that's exactly. Musician, yeah. Exactly. And that goes back to what we we're saying. You know, strengths and weaknesses. And and now that we're getting more into video, um, you know, music plays an integral role in these videos and and syncing the music or the beat you know the rhythm to certain cuts of video um really makes a big difference you know so that comes in handy and it's so crazy how in your life like you never know the things that you learn how they'll help you later you know Down the and road, it's like yeah. with the podcast it's really interesting all of the things that we've experienced in our life and how it's able to um allow our creativity to kind of like shine through the podcast and to make us better um podcasters yeah i mean uh obviously you know we we do a show page every episode and you know i was doing the poetry like Jeanette said and we both love writing Jeanette loves to read um so all that kind of helped us with just writing and uh, doing the introduction of the guest. Yeah, because we put a lot more effort into our, our show pages, I think, than than kind of like other podcasts because the every show page is dedicated to the person that we obviously interview. Um, and so we take a bunch of show notes and we also do like a really long write-up. Um, and then we, we link to their contact information. We always ask them like what's on their nightstand, what they're reading. We make sure to like link to that. So we do an extensive show page. Um and, you know, that, that requires effort, you know, so it, it actually it, it does add more time to our podcast, mm. like, you know, putting everything together. But we think that it's important because after the podcast, you like we don't want people to be like, OK, next. You know, what I mean, like yeah. we want them to like look up like who are these people like they're in your community. These are people you can talk to. Mm. These are people you can socialize with and, you know, support if they're ha- if they have a not for profit organization or if they have a local business. It's like find out where they are and like. Make them part of your community. So we put forth that effort to really um, connect people. I was thinking, I was thinking through because you said um, you enjoy poetry. I'm like, is he like writing haikus in his show notes or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But you know, definitely. Is, it, is, is he building his, his show notes in iambic pentameter? Or... <laughs> that would be challenging, actually. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, everything is he, is he rhyming in his podcast? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's like every, but it's incredible how just like you, you know, people. That's what I'm saying. Like people think that they can't do things because they're quote unquote not an authority. But just take a look at all the experiences that you've had throughout your life, and all of that helps you, um, you know, pursue whatever goal that you that you want. You may not have like the 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 training behind it, but your experiences and stuff can definitely help you, you know, um, um, create something. Yeah. And you never know what, how those skills are going to uh, present themselves down the road. And, um, like she said, all those things like, you know, the music and studying, studying, you know, how to play an instrument and, um, just all these things that you would never know. How is this going to help me out down the road? Now we look back at it and we're like, wow, you know, these things have helped us working in, in, in the corporate world for so long. Yeah. Um, deal, and and Alex being in HR, it's funny, you know, you mentioned about how us like we're like a husband and wife duo or whatever, like interviewing people, like sometimes you have to be tactful, right? Sometimes you have to like present the question and like not seem like you're attacking somebody or um <laughs> you know, it's just like making sure that you have, you make the person feel comfortable. And he has years of experience of that, you know, with, with dealing with employee relations, you know? Yeah. Um, so is there, is, everybody- there an ex- is there an example during a, a, a interview where you had to actually like make sure you were 
paying close attention to that. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that people, they kind of, I don't know if they feel that they should be on the defense when they're being interviewed, just in case you throw them something that they're not comfortable with, you know, because there's been people that we've interviewed that are very, very nervous, you know, Um, and they're just not sure what we're going to ask them, you know, and, and Alex is really good at, um, kind of putting people at ease, you know, and, and, and they'll say it after the interview, like, wow, you guys, you made me really feel comfortable. And we're like, okay, great. That, that to us is a, is a successful podcast, you know, yeah. um, when, per, when they feel like they weren't, um, like so wound up tight or they, they don't feel like it went well. We've never had one person tell us like, we don't want to have this, you know, um, uh, on air, you know what I mean? We don't want this to be live, which is great. Um, but again, like because of the training that he's had, like he's able to, to make people feel comfortable and that's not my strength because I'm (laughs) not that I want to make people feel uncomfortable, but I just don't know how to kind of like, you know, gear people or like maneuver people into being more comfortable. And then Jeanette's good at moving, you know, the story along or moving the interview along as well. So uh, again, you know, it's, um, it's the yeah because he has a tendency to ramble <laughs> damn and she has a tendency to jump in just like yeah. you're about to make a, your point step aside. Step aside, food. <laughs> so i'm like you know we only have uh, 45 minutes here buddy you know let's, yeah. let's... exactly and a lot of these a lot of these people you know we're we're meeting each other for the first time yeah. you know and we're going to their you know their space you know their yeah. home or their office or whatever so we want to make sure, I want to make sure that um, we just don't hit record and just, you know, all right, you're on, you know, let's do this. You know, I like to just, you know, hit the record button, n- n- don't even tell them we're recording and just kind of settle into it. And I think people find that a lot better. Like, oh, wait, we're, we're recording? Yeah. You know, because I know with me, when we first started and I saw that little red light come on, it was like a turtle. My neck just like <laughs> went back in. And Jeanette's like, what are you doing? Like, that's not you. Like, yeah. you're not, you're not who are you? Yeah. That's not, you know, so we have to do it again. That was the biggest struggle for me at the beginning is just letting go. Like I said earlier on the, on the show is letting go of what people were going to think about me and what I said. And once you can get over that, you know, it's, it's golden after that. Yeah. And, pe- and people can hear it. I mean, it, it that, um, sincerity, that, that realness, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, you can hear yeah. it in the conversation. It, it doesn't sound like it's forced and, and people re- actually, people actually resonate with that more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a podcast that I listen to called The Read, and um, it's a uh, it's a female and a male, and they both talk about like um, pop culture culture and like stuff like that or whatever. But it's so funny because they talk just like they speak, like you know, wherever they live or whatever, you know. And they'll do an ad for a company, say like a bra company, and I'm not gonna repeat what she says because it's pretty crass. But can I repeat what she says? Of course. Okay, so she'll say like, you know, well, if your titties are as large as mine, then you need to get with this bra. And it like, it kills me. And I laugh and I laugh. And I'm like, so you I know, told you, I told Jeanette, like, you know, like they're the company's okay with that. And Jeanette's like, of course. I mean, this yeah. is like a highly rated podcast. Yeah. They have hundreds of thousands of listeners. They travel and they do tours. I mean, this is like a big time podcast. So, but it's just amazing. That's made me feel more comfortable. And I'm like, you know what? Because that, if I connect with them and she's speaking that way, I'm like, other people are going to connect with us. However, we're talking, you know, and, and, and if, if it's for you, it's for you. If it's not, it's not, you know? So that's Yeah. Like, and I mean, you're, you can't be anybody else, you know, there's only, there's only you. And if you try to be, you know, rich role, like I thought I had to be right. in the beginning because he was such an influence is you're going to fail. Cause I'm not him, yeah. you know, and, and I'm unique in that I'm the only 
Alexander Ruiz, right? So once I started to realize that and just you got you get comfortable with, hey, accepting, look, this is who I am, you know, the good, the bad, the flaws and everything, um, you know, it, 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 it translate on the on the on the microphone. And the mic doesn't lie. Like you can yeah. hear like you said, you can hear it. You yeah. can hear when someone's being genuine when they're not. And there's been plenty of podcasts that I have to say that I've turned on that I haven't continued listening to because I'm like, no, you know what I mean? This is like some they're just trying to put on a show and I'm not I'm not going to connect with, with that person. So and the podcasting you know. conferences are great because you get to actually meet these people behind the microphone like in yeah. person yeah. and you're like and occasionally you'll be like a little bit like you to your point uh, Jeanette, disappointed you're like oh man you're like they're, they're completely different than, than what I thought so or you, or you sound you sound taller than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly you sound yep totally <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up with a couple of uh, one-off questions and I, normally obviously I ask them uh, so a lot of solo shows so i know yeah, how I mean, do you want to do this well you can decide if you want to answer together or individually either one um, all right you take but, the first one. me yeah oh god <laughs> okay okay so you guys decided for me that's good uh, i'm ready so alex what have you changed your mind about recently in general anything, anything. <laughs> what have i changed my mind about recently yeah hey i'm harry <laughs> i guess i don't know maybe letting go of trying to be perfect I think that's probably something like I haven't really been on my exercise regiment like I like I want to. Um, and it's OK. You know, it's um, this is still very new to me. I mean, this is a new venture. Um, quit my job, like I said, December 8th, this last December. Um, and I'm still trying to learn the ropes, still trying to get into a flow of things, structure. And I, I don't think you can beat yourself up. Um, all the time, you know, like if you didn't go out for that run or you didn't hit the gym or, or what have you, um, it's about progress, you know, and not perfection. Very good. You ready, Jeanette? I'm ready. What is the one most misunderstood thing about you? I guess it's how much I care about what I put out, hmm. like creatively, you know, like it's, it's, uh, it means a lot to me. So I, I want it to be received well. Does that does that make sense? <laughs> what, what's the what's the belief behind that thought? Um, I guess because of of the effort that I put into it, and that I I make I when I put when I put something together, like not that I aim for perfection, but I I aim for my personal best. So I just want that to be reflected in in, in whatever it is that I I put out. So I don't I don't know if people really understand how much it means to me. Who instilled that belief in you? Probably my parents. <laughs> My parents are super, um, that's how they are. They treat no matter how, what job they do, they do it to the best of their ability. Um, so I've, I've had that ingrained in me to, to always be like that. And like, whether, you know, if I'm, I mean, and it's like simple things too. It's like, we, we say all the time, it's like even being a good citizen, right? Like we take our dog out and we always clean up after her, right? A lot of people in our community don't clean up after their dog. Like, and it, you know, and it's something to me, I'm like, I feel like it's my personal responsibility to, um, to do that. You know, A, it's the law, but still like, you know, I just feel like it, no matter how small the job is, it's like, just, just do it right. You know what I mean? And do and do it as well as you can. So I think people don't, don't understand that how much I care about that. <laughs> Well, there's a saying that how you do anything is how you do everything. And so like if you 
if you're the type of person that picks up after or did, doesn't pick up after your dog, like there's probably some other shit going on that you. Yeah. you Amen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's not just like that one thing. It's sort of like the canary in the coal mine. Right, right. right. <laughs> how much of the we didn't really touch on it, but how much how much of it do you think is our Latino like background or just this this work ethic that are you know that I know my parents had, and I'm sure maybe you can relate as well. But it's like how much of that you think is Latino culture like instilled in us? I think it's a I think it has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I mean, Alex is you know his parents came from Cuba, yeah, and they had to bust their ass to make a life here. Um, so he had that influence. And then mm -hmm. my, my parents are Puerto Rican and, and they didn't have that struggle, but they did have just, you know, uh, the struggles of, of being raised in low income families and, and having to kind of like fight their way out of New York and come make a life down here for me and my brother. Um, and they're young parents and they were super young. My parents were teenagers when mm -hmm. they had me. So like they had a whole bunch of different issues that they had to deal with. Um, so it, 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 like, yeah, I think it, it really means a lot to me, the, 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 the projects that I work on. Um, and I just want people to, to recognize that. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, okay. I got two fun questions just oh, pop, yeah. popped into my head. Uh, okay. Those were heavy. Okay. <laughs> you got me over here, like, uh, schwitzing over yeah, here. Sweating. The AC's <laughs> off already. Remember? <laughs> Red. <laughs> Pull out the uh, psychologist couch. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so tostones are vegan? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the tostones and the maduros as well. Just want to check that. So this, we, we don't this, make those much, but... They're vegan, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is for Alex. Uh, is Kenny G good for the sex or bad? <laughs> bad, my friend. <laughs> I don't it's it's unfortunate that you can't see it but I have a huge uh poster right here of John Coltrane. Okay. So, yeah, to completely different style of jazz, you know. <laughs> um Kenny G I don't, I don't ascribe to that style. And when we were at Berkeley, a lot of people would put him down. But he's actually a, he's actually a good saxophonist. He's got really good technique, he's got a good sound and good tone and everything, but not my style. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> well, the 80s, man, the 80s went crazy with the saxophone and the songs. Like, and it, and it's, it dates them because now you listen to it like, whoa, that's a, that's a lot of sax in there. So it's funny to me how 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 easily you can you can like uh, I guess satisfy an audience. So what Kenny G would be um, known for is when he would hold a note out for eternity. <laughs> And it's actually a technique called circular breathing, where you're you're still breathing, yet you're still blowing enough air out to you know hold that note out or series of notes. And yes, that is hard. I've never learned how to do circular breathing. I never wanted to learn how to do it. But then you have you have like the big jazz heads who are playing, you know, the, let's say the real jazz, and they have so much technique, and the things that they're doing is just out of this world like Jeanette probably would never realize just how difficult what you know what they're doing is and people are just like mm. <laughs> yeah like they're not, they don't even great. understand where's that, when's that was Kenny right. G <laughs> where's Kenny G you know so yeah you you uh, you touched a you touched the nerve <laughs> <laughs> I had oh, a feeling that would let me tell you something they had this thing here recently called jazz in the gardens right <laughs> 
And people are like, oh, man, this is awesome. Jazz in the Gardens, love it. Love hearing the roots. Love hearing, you know, Shaka Khan. Like, I don't know who was there, but just all these R&B artists. And I'm like, that is not jazz. That's not even close to jazz, people. That's R&B. That is not jazz. Okay, next question. Sounds like Alex needs his own podcast. I do. (laughs) I do. You want to produce it for me? Yeah. <laughs> Jazz, etc. Yeah. The, the, the lowdown. Let me, or let, me, let me tell you how I really feel about jazz. With your, <laughs> with your host, Alex Reese. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I may, I, I'm tempted to, to, to name this episode Tostones and Kenny G, but... Uh, <laughs> 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 or Tostones with Kenny G. Yeah, Tostones with Kenny G. <laughs> Oh my god! Not like only three people would get that, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's been an absolute blast having you guys on. Um, Thank you, man. Thanks for having us on. I, I don't so. know if anyone learned anything, but <laughs> we sure laughed a lot. <laughs> no, we talked about the hey, no, we at the end, yeah. and we talked a lot about business and entrepreneur stuff and podcasts, and I think we covered a lot. I think yes. it's a good episode. Yeah, you just never know where these are going to go, which is the best part about it. So, <laughs> I think it's just a matter of having uh, guests who are game for uh, anything. That's why I like to meet people before having them on, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. And I think I can. I'm a. I, I think I'm a, a good uh, judge of people's personalities and and vibe. And, and literally, that's what I went off of when I reached out to you guys. I, I think we had like we spoke for like a couple of minutes after the after the talk, and I think. Um, well, you spoke to her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You didn't and know me. Because I had the same vibe with you. Yeah. That's why I approached you. So I guess we were both, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a wild card. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't know what you were getting with me. <laughs> we survived. So so where's the, the best place for folks to track you down? Uh, well, they can find us on uh, plantedinmiami.com. And we are on social media. We're all over social media. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, all at Planted in Miami. That's right. And then you can download us on the major channel, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Yep. Yep. And if That's people want to work with you? We're not on Snapchat. <laughs> we're not on Snapchat. <laughs> we tried that. That was a horrible, that was an epic failure. <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> That's for the young kids. Okay. <laughs> Um, and if people want to work with us, they can just um, email us at info at plantedinmiami.com. Okay. Right. Well, thanks again for your time. And uh, if I ever get down, down to Miami or if uh, you get out to L.A., let's make sure we connect. Absolutely. Let's do it, man. Have some tostones and uh, maduros. <laughs> and, and Kenny G. And, and Kenny, Kenny G. G. <laughs> what a better, no better way to end it. Right uh, there. Thank you so much. Thanks, Harry. So much fun. In that conversation, and I think it um, shows you that uh, there's so many different ways to produce and to host a show. I've talked to a lot of people who are doing it solo, and a couple of people recently who have taken on a co-host, but I think there's a specific uh, set of challenges, um, but also potential when you're working with someone who is your not only your life partner, but your business partner. And there's a, a chemistry that you need to work out. And they, Alex and Jeanette, have, have, have done it, have done it successfully. And kudos to them. 
and to the success of their show, which demonstrates that they must be doing something right. So I really appreciate their newfound friendship, and I look to continue to engage with them um, in the future, not just at a conference, but uh, maybe give me a reason to get to Miami. So this episode is, uh, again, brought to you by uh, Shore. Don't forget to head, head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash Shore, and by Podbean, podbean.com slash podcastjunkies. We are a member of Podcastica. Head on over to podcastica.com for the list of all the current shows. Intro and outro music produced by Cedar and Soil at cedarsoil.com, produced by my friend, the amazingly talented George Abayana. Do not miss next week's episode. I have a totally zen conversation <laughs> with another newfound friend from Guess Where Podfest. But actually, we had spoken before, Angel Jones, host of the 12-minute conversation, the 12-minute convo, the 12-minute convo podcast. Now I'm forgetting what the exact name is. Sorry, Angel. What an amazing guy. This is some, I think, I don't think you've uh, heard a conversation like this before, um, and that's a good thing. So uh, I won't give too much away. You'll have to tune in next week to hear what a fantastic uh, guy he is and what a great conversation we have. So you made it this far. You're waiting for the retention hashtag. We're going to go with uh, a Spanish word this time. It's tostones, T-O-S-T-O-N-E-S. For those of you who have tried them before, they're absolutely delicious. They're a staple in Latino culture. And uh, I was just reminded of that because of uh, our guests on today's show. So tag at Planted in Miami on Twitter. Tag podcast underscore junkies. Let us know you made it this far. And it puts you into the super secret treehouse club of podcast junkies also just a quick reminder if you haven't done so already there's a special group just for fans of the show it's podcast junkies junkies just look up that phrase in facebook and you'll you'll find it it's not a place to promote your own episodes if you have a podcast there's plenty of places to do that but it's just a way to give you a little bit of insight if you're curious about my goings-on with uh, usually with my dog disco uh, we usually take walks i'd love to see you there Take care, guys. I'm I'm happy to be back uh, on a on a weekly schedule. I've got, like I mentioned, a lot of episodes in the can, so a lot of amazingly fun and 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 great conversations. If you're a podcast junkie, you're going to enjoy them. So make sure you you keep your eye out for them. I'd like to get them released. Um, typically Tuesdays. Let's go with Tuesdays. <laughs> Have a fantastic week.